Today is Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023, and welcome to episode 6 of Farm Wife Sexy Life with the Candy Couple. My name is Julia, and myself along with my husband Aaron are a small homestead family in rural southwest Virginia who work every day on being more self-reliant. And Farm Wife Sexy Life is a spinoff that came about when... One day, Erin and I, we've been working all day. I have been working all day, and I'm a hot mess, and I was doing something, and then I get this whistle, and I'm like, really? Uh, I met, like, my absolute worst, and this just topic sort of hit me, um, where, you know, farm-wise sexy life is a place for us as women, as homesteaders, as moms, as working moms, as stay-at-home moms, to really get together to discuss issues women face, especially on the homestead. And um, my situation's a little bit different. I am a stay-at-home mom, but I'm also a working mom. I work full-time, a homestead full-time, and I'm also a full-time mom. Our kid does not go to daycare. So I have, I feel like I'm juggling a few extra balls, um, but I've found ways to deal with it. And today I want to talk about one of the things that saves me the absolute most time. And I've talked to you about, you know, how I, I manage my day. It's what I call, you know, scheduling out my time. Um, and today I want to talk about how I save time in the kitchen. And not only time, but also money. But time is the big thing here. So, I hate being stuck in the kitchen all day. The traditional mom who cooks three meals a day <laughs> morning, lunch, dinner, um, it doesn't work for our family. That That is not something that I, I can do because I do work. Um, I get you know, 30 minutes. I can take an hour for lunch, but typically I work through my lunches. So um, that just does not work for our family. I could probably do a breakfast in the mornings, but I typically try to have those ready so we can get as much rest as possible or we can do homestead work in the mornings. Um, so here are the things that I do to help me save time in the kitchen. And they're not going to work for everyone. And some of them, you're going to be like, I cannot believe she does this. We get this all the time. Um, like, you all are insane to do this. But for us, it works. And hopefully, you could take a few tips and adjust them to your lifestyle to make them work for you. So, my number one thing is build a working pantry. Not a pantry, a working pantry. So, it's always good to have food set aside in case of an emergency, but building a working pantry is very different. And you're going to build a working pantry based off the food you and your family eat. So, a working pantry is a place where you basically grocery shop your pantry. Best way I could put it. When you're ready to do your meals, you're ready to cook your dinners, whatever you're doing, you're going to go pull that out of stock you already have. Now, the goal with a working pantry is that you have bought those items at a sales price if you're buying or you have put them away yourself. So if you are buying groceries, the goal with a working pantry is that you have enough of a stockpile set up that when your items go on sale, you can go pull those items and get them at the best price, not the worst price. Um, and this is really 
really about knowing the foods you you need to keep on hand and keep in stock for your family. Um, like for us, we eat lots of squash, tons of squash. I know I need to grow as much squash as I can because we could eat squash for every single meal of the day, um, every day of the week. It, not just winter squash, summer squash as well. I know a lot of people are really picky. They either like zucchini or they like yellow squash or they don't like either. We love them both. Um, I do have a preference. I like the yellow squashes personally. Pan seared just a little bit, little seasoning, and they're amazing. So for me, freeze drying yellow squash is a huge priority on our on our list. So one of the things we really make sure we try to do. Same thing with tomatoes eat lots of tomatoes in our household. Um, so I always try to make sure I can at least 40 quarts of tomatoes. I prefer to do about 80 because I know that's about how many tomatoes we would eat in a year. Now, I also want to say you want to make sure you're doing this based off of like stock items. Like you can have like specialty items, but I would do it based off the food your family eats. And what can you take to make those foods into what you need them to be. So tomatoes are so versatile. They can be Italian. They could be Mexican. You could turn the tomato into anything you want to. It could be traditional American macamators. Um, if you have not heard of that, don't worry. There will be a video coming out <laughs> here in the next while of mac and tomatoes because it is one of the staples um, in our area and they're just so good. So you really want to try to build that working pantry so you can make a variety of foods with what you have on fan to have the basic bare bone item. So just a can of black beans. I wouldn't get like a can of black beans that have a special seasoning. Add the seasoning you the way you want them to taste. Um, uh, and I like to do this with a lot of different items. Same thing with fruit. Um, I do do a lot of jams. And I'm going to be making butters this year. But I also like just having the plain canned fruit. And I like having that plain canned fruit because we eat it in different ways. You can bake with it. You can make oatmeal with it. You can put it in oatmeal. You can use it for um, anything you could think of, really. You could put it in ice cream. You could put <laughs> hidden in breads. You could put it in muffins. You have so many options with that item that leaving it in its purest form that I can makes it so much more versatile long term. That doesn't say mean to say I don't like make my jams and jellies and things like that because I do and I use those as well because I could tell you now like a spoonful in homemade ice cream Erin's all about that with like blackberry, blueberry, raspberry, black raspberry. He eats that up also in some frosting and I'll be sharing those tricks with you soon. But I like my basics. I have a basic recipe and I can take that basic recipe and make it so much more with whatever else I'm adding into it. So I like to have lots of basics on hand. Oatmeal, same thing. You can make a cake, you can make oatmeal, you like on the stove. You can bake it. You can make cookies. Just versatile items in your working pantry. That doesn't mean that I don't have items in my pantry that are just one-use items, but I try to limit those as much as possible. A new goal for me this year is actually canning more to have more of those stockpile items ready to use on hand. Um, 
black beans, corn, things of that nature, because we did get our electric pressure canner. So I do feel a little bit more comfortable um, going this route because it's regulated by the machine and not by me um, watching a little timer. And I want to make sure I'm doing the items we eat a lot. Um, Mills and Jars is another great thing. You can follow those on Facebook. I did see one today. It was a teriyaki chicken, like ready to go eat and eat, which for us would be amazing because we are all about Asian flavors. We love them. I love the sweet. I love a little sweet heat. I love the thickness of the sauces. I love the taste of the sauces. And we love rice. So anything like that that can go over rice it is just an amazing meal for us. So I like the idea of having things like that on hand as well. And for me making it myself, I know where it came from and exactly what's in it. And I can get it bare, you know, completely bare, just beans and broth. And that's it in that jar. So to me, it's worth the extra effort to actually make that for my family. Number two meal plan around your pantry don't just buy stuff and hold it make sure you are meal planning around that pantry so that way if you're going to the grocery store you only have to buy those few perishable items and i actually looked today or it was last night Erin and I were talking, we had watched a video, they were talking about buying cheese it as your standard, and I was like, well, I think it's really expensive, but when we looked at it, and we liked that at price per pound, it is only, some of these cheeses, a dollar or two more per pound for an organic cheese, versus what I'm currently paying at the grocery store for the off-brand cheese, on sale, so to me, two extra dollars more per pound isn't really that big of an expense, I'm actually, I feel comfortable making that switch, if we like it, that's, that's the other problem, if we like it, um, the mozzarella was only a dollar, I mean, and we go through tons of mozzarella, it's like one of the biggest cheeses that we eat in this house, but I always make sure I have these on hand and that's what I build my meal plans around. So you, I'm all about meal planning. I love meal planning. I think it's the best way to go. I like knowing when I'm making four months out, <laughs> not four months out, but two or three months out. I do enjoy that. Before we actually started the remodel, we had actually wrote out what we were having um, up until September and we might have adjusted it a little bit based on a few things but we actually followed that pretty well and it just takes so much pressure off it does I I mean not having to think about what you're cooking takes so much pressure off of you as a mom as a wife as a primary person feeding these people and keeping them alive with fed bellies it takes so much pressure off. So I love meal planning. I really do. It, and I think it's a, something that's loose. It needs to be able to be adjusted and changed. So I'm not like set in stone with meal planning. More about getting ideas and putting them out there. It should limit your grocery shopping. Because you're only buying super perishable items. Like your fruits that are going to go bad. Like bananas. Things that you can't grow yourself. Um, or restocking items when they're on sale. That's the goal here. You only want to buy items if you're buying from the grocery store on sale or if you're buying through Azure Standard as you need them to stock up. 
So for us, we have Mexican. We have Mexican probably once a month. Um, and I'll do it a different way. I'll do enchiladas or my, my go-to is Mexican rice. And it's this rice and bean mixture. And I'll eventually get a video out there because I do it different ways. I'll do it with chicken. I'll do it with beef. I'll do it with whatever it comes at hand. Um, and I would really build that off of everything I already have. I mean, I already have every single thing on hand right now to make this meal. I need my meat. I need my rice. I need my tomatoes. I need my seasoning. I need the beans, the corns, and the cheese. I have all of those items ready right now to make that meal. If I'm going to make that meal. Same thing with Italian. Meat, sauce, seasoning, and noodles. Um, those are really my go-to basics. And I, we do try to have them... I try to limit them because you can get tired of spaghetti and get tired of pasta. And I do try to change them up. But the basics of those recipes don't really change. You could change them up by changing the seasoning, changing the meat. Spaghetti does not have to be hamburger meat every single time. Actually, I think we prefer chicken spaghetti over hamburger spaghetti any day of the week. You could do chicken parmesan, anything. You could change these up so much by having those basic pantry items on hand and changing that meal plan. So because I always have these items on hand, I could plan on having Mexican or Italian because they basically take the same items in my weekly meal plan. So that weekly meal plan is a guide to kind of help me figure out what I am. And also that weekly meal plan will help you use up those items so you don't have a lot of out-of-date food or food going bad in your pantry. You're using what you have in your working pantry and you're restocking for future use. It's always a goal here. Number three one pop meals. So this might be a bit controversial. I don't know. I don't like having multiple pots, multiple pots of meals. I like the, and I, I will tell you, I am a deconstructionist. I like to know exactly what is in my food. And if I can't tell what's in it, I am not eating it at all, period. Like if I cannot identify every single ingredient, I will not touch that food. And if it's an ingredient I do not like, I will not touch that meal. So for me to say one pot meal, <laughs> it's a little bit weird, but I do it based on, you know, my pickiness, what we eat, and the flavors we like to eat. So I try to cram as many vegetables as I think is going to taste good into that meal. So I do a potato bake. Um, this has been recent, but I really do like it. So I like to take potatoes and hash browns, um, diced potatoes and hash browns, mix those together and add meat and carrots and broccoli and corn and peas and all of that in there with a sauce that I make out of other ingredients, mix that together and put it in the oven and let it cook. And it is really, really good. And it's so versatile and I could change the ingredients, the vegetables that I'm throwing in there. And that takes care of my whole meal. I don't have to worry about adding an extra vegetable. I might do a bread or something to go with it. But for the most part, my meal is done. So I really like one pot meals because they take extra steps for me. And I only have one dish to clean. That's the other thing here. One dish to clean, one pot meal, I'm finished. It just saves me so much time long term. I do this same. I love soups for this reason. I love soup 
because of this. And with soup, I will usually um, do more beef stews because Erin really likes the vegetables. I like the beef and vegetables. And I love it with rice. So I will bulk up beef stew with rice. And if I make a beef stew, I, I make it probably once every three months, maybe every four months, because I make it in, in such bulk. And Aaron likes it, but he doesn't like it as much as me. And, and I will go back for like seconds with beef stew. I love beef stew that much over rice with hot sauce in it. Oh, it's so good, especially if it's cooked the right way. I did have a lady who used to work with me once she made beef stew. I was so excited. I was like, oh, I love beef stew until I, until I looked at it and I, I did not eat it. It, it was not made right. It, it was just, it was not beef stew. But I digress. One pot meals are just wonderful ways to really save you time in the kitchen. Um, another one pot meal I love to do, I actually make a potato soup. It's not a traditional potato soup. When I told my mom this recipe, she almost had a heart attack because she's very traditional about potato soup. For me, I added squash. I added um, shredded zucchini into this. I did mushrooms and spinach and I added all of these really good for you vegetables into this soup and it tasted so good. Aaron is not a huge potato soup fan. He loved it this way. He thought it was so much better. Even though it didn't have any meat in it, it bulked it up and it gave it so much more flavor, so much more girth to it that it made it taste so much better. So I love one pot meals, adding as much to that meal. That makes sense. Now, I've seen recipes where people just throw soup stuff into soup, like everything. That, I can't do that now. I, if it does not go together, it cannot go in that pot. I'm not going to be putting freeze-dried butternut squash powder into a chicken soup. That doesn't make sense to me. My brain doesn't see that working. Now, I will put freeze-dried butternut powder into mashed sweet potatoes because that is amazing. I know that is because they go very, very well together. They pair wonderfully together. So, I'm all about taking things that make sense and throwing them together to get as much bang for my buck in one pot. Now, number four, and this is probably, this is kind of number four, part A, and then number four, part B. So... It's bulk cooking, and I do this two different ways, but before I go into it, I, I kind of need to give you some background here. I don't know how not to bulk cook. I have a very hard time cooking for two people. I am from a very large family. I'm one of six, um, so I'm a very large family. I had four siblings, or there were four of us that lived at home. Um, my mom and dad, and I did a lot of the cooking and stuff once I became a teenager um, and learned how to cook from my mom and learned how to cook very large meals because um, there were so many of us. It was just what we did. So for me to cook a small meal, I mean, I have to be very careful. It has to be like a baked potato and a steak, and I have to be very, very careful because I have a very hard time cooking for two people. I always cook way too much if I'm not careful. So because of this, bulk cooking is just sort of natural for me. I don't know what small pots are. I've always used big pots. Um, I always will use big pots. It, it's just the 
only way I know how to cook. I remember the last time I made this stew. Erin's like, what did you do? I made so much of it. I mean, I made so much of it. I could not get enough containers to take all the soup in. <laughs> and I think Aaron thought he was going to be eating soup for um, the rest of the year. I ate it for lunch and for dinner. But, you know, I can do that because I love beef stew that much. Um, but it, it does kind of show you that it's very hard to go from a large family to small family. But I can understand where it comes you know, it becomes hard to go from small family to large family, especially with bulk cooking. So, I hope I kind of help guide you in this a little bit. So, the first one is probably traditional, something you've heard of. It really doesn't take that much extra effort to bulk cook for yourself or your family. It's really not. It's sometimes it doesn't even take, it's not even cost you any extra money. It doesn't take any more work to cook a pound of ground beef versus three pounds of ground beef. It's a bigger pot. That's it. Bigger pot, put the lid on it, turn it on, cook it on medium high heat. It'll cook up just fine. Um, you stir it. Doesn't really take that much longer. It doesn't take you any extra energy to do this extra. It's, it's not extra work. So, I like to do bulk cooking, especially if I'm like making lasagnas, things of that nature, things that are a bit more time consuming. I like to do them in duplicates, do more of them um, and in big, bigger portions because what that's going to do, that is going to give me a meal in the future. So if I make a lasagna and I'm going to make two or three lasagnas at one time, that gives me two and you know, an extra meal in another month and another meal in another month. So that takes some pressure off. Or if we have a really busy week that we have planned, I have this meal I can go pull up. I like to do this with lots of different like, things that aren't very easy. Like to me, rice is a super easy meal. It doesn't take me that long to throw it together. Does it take me that long to, you know, throw ingredients together? Rice is such an easy meal. But lasagnas, especially like if I do like a buffalo chicken or enchilada bake, I do an enchilada bake, to me that's a bit more time consuming. I'm willing to take a little bit more extra time to make two, so I have one in the freezer and one ready to eat. So that's sort of the traditional method. Um, I, and I will say, if you're worried about it taking extra time and costing extra money, really price it out because you don't need as much hamburger meat as you think you do. So you can take that and stretch it across two meals. Um, then that will actually save you some money. So take that one pound, stretch it out to two meals instead of one. It will save you money. Meat as a condiment, not as the main course. It's just one of those things. And this is also where the freezer is sort of the unsung hero on the homestead for a homestead mama. Because we can utilize the freezer here and have it ready. And then pull it out because we plan ahead and we have it on our meal plan. So I would say if you do do bulk freezer meals, make sure you have a running list. Get something that you can write on any race or mark through, something of that nature. So you can have a running list and constantly be updating that, changing it like, okay, I have a lasagna, I have a traditional lasagna, I have a buffalo chicken lasagna, I have 15 homemade hot pockets in here, I've got, you know, two homemade pizzas ready to go, 
and as you're using them, you can change them and take them out, and then you know what you need to replenish later. Things that your family eats. So, um, I, I mean, just really come up with a system that works for you, and it really helps when you have busy times in the future. Now, my second way I bulk cook is where I get a little bit more controversy. People don't understand how we can eat this way and live this way. My mom doesn't get it. <laughs> None of my friends get it. Well, you know, and Aaron's friends, people we work with, they, they just think we're insane. But it really does work for our family. I already cook large meals. Um, so we eat leftovers. And I actually plan for the bulk of our week to be eating the same meal. So we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I kind of plan what we're having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that's what we have throughout the week. So this week we are having spaghetti. And because we're having spaghetti, I plan to have enough spaghetti to at least get us from Sunday to Thursday. That's the plan. Five days of spaghetti. Now a lot of people have a problem with that. They might feel it's, you know, too much spaghetti and they could get food fatigue. And I understand it's a really real thing for a lot of people. Um, I like this because I actually doing this cook less than nine meals a week. I really do. I cook less than nine meals a week versus 21 meals a week. If you cook every single meal you eat every day, 21 meals a week versus nine meals a week. That's it is insane amount of cooking differences there. Like, and even at 20 minutes. 20 minutes a day per meal that's an hour it might take me two hours it took me less than an hour to put my meal together today and that was lunch and dinner it probably took me 40 minutes and now it's just cooking in the oven and I don't have to really do anything but go stir it so say it took me an hour total all in today versus seven hours if you cook it takes you 20 minutes every meal and some meals take longer than 20 minutes which would be an hour a day that's seven hours i get six extra hours because of how we eat i mean for me it's worth it it works for us um i do have convenience meals i like to go and grab and have in the freezer ready to go my goal is to eventually have most of these made and have cans as well like chilies and things of this nature when we are really busy and i can just go grab it heat it up and we are ready to go um so i'm hoping by december we're at that point because for us when we are super busy i like to go pull it out or i'm really tired i like to go pull it out throw it in the oven and be done with it or convection oven however we decide to cook it um i get leftovers are not for everyone i completely get this i know growing up we did not eat leftovers not very often um but if you can take this method and make enough for like two days okay make enough for four days and eat it for two days put the next two days in the freezer okay those two days you're going to eat in two weeks and there you go you have two meals done so double it for two days just make sure you're eating your leftovers and um i will say there are some tips to getting your family to eat leftovers and i'm going to give you here in just a minute um so my biggest tip for eating leftover 
make sure your cooking food, your family likes seed and make sure your family actually enjoys it. Um, you have to know the basics of cooking. What flavors work together, what flavors don't work together, things of this nature, and how to cook what you can freeze, what you can't freeze. Um, all of this really matters. Cooking is not hard, but you do have to have some basic knowledge and some basic understanding here. And I will say that the normal American palate, at least where I am, <laughs> is very blah. It is very blah. The most seasoning you get is going to be salt and pepper. Um, we didn't need a lot of leftovers. My mom's a good cook, um, but she's also a southern cook, very basic meals. We had a lot of that. So it was cooking every day. Um, when Erin and I moved in together, um, I did the cooking every day thing. I really did. I cooked every meal. And he was the one when we were having busy weeks. He's like, babe, make something we can have leftovers on this week. There's no reason for you to have to cook every single day. And that kind of started this and I sort of fell into it. And everybody thinks that I make him eat leftovers. This was completely his idea. He is really the one that came up with this because I like leftovers. But he's the one who's like, you make enough to feed us for a week. Let's just eat on it for a week. You, you already know how to cook like this. You don't know how to cook small meals. Instead of throwing half of this in the freezer or, you know, we'll, we'll just fix it and we'll eat on it all the week. And that's going to save us time. It's going to save you energy. You're not going to have to worry about it. It's already done. And, you know, for our home, food isn't really bland or dull. It has to really have a lot of flavor to it. Erin likes a lot of flavor. Um, it's why we do a lot of Mexican, a lot of Italian, a lot of Mediterranean. I really pull from other places, um, Asian flavors. I really try to jam as much flavor into the food that I fix as I can because it's the reason we gravitate towards it. It's the reason people go towards it. I think one of the reasons buffalo is such a big flavor in the U.S. is because it kind of hits you in your face. kind of brightens up your your mouth, your day after you've eaten nothing but this blah food all day long. And that's not to say everybody cooks blah food. I'm just saying that traditional American recipes tend to be very light on seasoning and flavor from my personal experience and as a wife I've really tried to cater towards my husband's love of flavor and taste and that's really what we have focused on so I focus on meals that have a lot of strong flavors um, and that typically with these strong flavors they taste better the longer they sit so um, chicken and dumplings. I'm going to give you an example here. I love chicken and dumplings. But chicken and dumplings is a very light, very subtle flavors. Um, depending on what flavors you're using. I have tried to amp it up a little bit, but it just doesn't taste the same. Um, so this is a meal that I really like, but Aaron does not. He finds it to be very, eh, it's okay. I can eat it. So I don't get it very often, but when I do get it, I only expect Aaron to eat it like two days, two or three days. 
after that, he's kind of done with it and he wants something else. Now, if I made spicy ziti, he could eat spicy ziti for two weeks straight because it's a meal that sort of smacks you in the face as soon as you start to eat it with a whole bunch of flavor, good flavor, strong flavor, um, not overpowering. That's the difference between like a good flavor. It's not overwhelming, but it, it just tastes very nice and it leaves a lasting impression on your taste buds. Um, this was one of the first meals I ever made for him and he absolutely fell in love with it. So it really is my trick <laughs> to getting my family to eat leftovers is to make the food taste really good. Um, make it taste good. Make it something they want to have and make sure you don't feed them that same meal every 10 days. So because we eat you know, and we rotate meals, and I do try to look up different things, things that are going to taste different. I could tell by looking at the recipe if it's something I might have to amp up the flavor, I'm going to have to switch up the flavor, um, and also go to different, you know, countries' recipe books to try to find things that are going to really wake up our taste buds and really, you know, give us that good feeling and make us enjoy what we're eating. So I really try to do that, and that really does help make our meals more enjoyable, make it so we can eat longer um, on that one meal, and then it saves me so much time. It also saves me money because I'm not having to cook as much. I don't have to run the oven. I don't have to run the stove. I don't have to do all this other stuff because I'm done. I'm done, and now I could take that 20, 30, 40 minutes that would have taken me to cook dinner and take that time and put it somewhere else, whether it be working on the homestead, planting plants, taking care of the baby, playing with the baby, whatever it is, I can take that time and apply it somewhere else. So it's really has been game changing for me. It's really helped my life. So my goal here with this, you know, these a few tips I've given you is, you know, not to create controversy or make you think that you've done, done anything wrong. It's not what I'm doing here. If we want to help you create freedom, if you can make one change, it gives you a little bit more freedom in your day to rest or for your other projects, for your kids to give them some extra time. I feel like it's worth it to make one little switch. Um, I do less cooking and less cleaning <laughs> with the way that I manage my cooking schedule. So for me, it really works. Um, I only have a few dishes I have to clean up every week. It just, it for me, it's a no-brainer because of how, how our lifestyle works. But it doesn't work for everybody. But hopefully you can take this and get some value from it. And, you know, really help take like one little tip and apply it to your life. The working pantry, I will say, is probably the best place for anybody to start. Start building that working pantry, have a working pantry, and really just utilize it and use it and use it as your grocery store. It's the best thing you can absolutely do. So I hope you continue to join me as we discuss what makes being a farm wife the sexy life, as we talk about the struggles women face on the homestead, as moms, as stay-at-home moms that work from home moms and as women in general and as always if you have any suggestions ideals what you want to hear if you want to join me on the show please email me at thecandycouple at yahoo.com and check out our link tree in youtube channels as well 
and thank you for joining us on Farm Wife Sexy Life, where we work hard, live simple, and enjoy life. Have a wonderful day.